And I was like, wow, if, if Ben can do it, I could do it. So I used to like, even like, you know, when I was in college, I, I DM Ben and he was gracious enough to give me some advice. So I think I was looking maybe like more at some people that had similar paths than me. There was another guy that worked at Exxon Mobil um, that was a chemical engineer, but that was working in data. And I was like, oh, how did you, like, I was kind of learning from them and what career paths they had. What's up, Data Votes, and welcome to the Data Creators Club podcast, where we interview data professionals and learn from them. And today we have someone which has been doing a lot of content, especially on YouTube uh, recently, uh, and he's just friendly and kind. When I, whenever <laughs> I see one of his videos, I don't know, I feel like really calm and reassured that like I'm in good hands. So welcome, Avery. I'm super pumped to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be on the show. Thanks for the kind introduction. So, uh, yeah, could you tell us a bit more about your career journey so far and how you get into data? Yeah, for sure. So I'm originally a chemical engineer. That's what I studied uh, in college in the United States, uh, which doesn't have a whole lot to do with data. But after like my first semester, I was like, oh, my gosh, I hate this chemical engineering thing. What am I going to do? I don't like it at all. And anyways, kind of through a fluke thing, I was working in a place that had a data scientist. Uh, it was a small company, only like 12 people, but one of the 12 people was a data scientist. And he was just really cool. And what he did sounded really cool. And it was really important for our company. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy's so interesting. What he does is so interesting. I was just in the lab as a lab technician. And eventually that data scientist quit, like after two months of me being there. And we couldn't find another data scientist for a long time. And so I was like, you know what, how hard can this be? I'm going to take a, a stab at it. And so I, I kind of dove into the data world and started doing machine learning and, and analytics and have kind of just uh, kept going since. Uh, I've, I've worked as a data scientist at ExxonMobil. And then more recently, I've been doing my own consultancy firm and then running a couple online courses where I help people become you know, data analysts and data scientists. What's the timeline? When did you actually start? So let's think. So that was in 2016 when I was working for uh, that company. So 2016 was probably like the first time I ever heard the, the term like data scientist and, and data science. Um, and then in 2019, that's when I graduated and I was full time data scientist at, at ExxonMobil. Yeah, no, that's I mean, that's very really interesting because you're not the first one that come from another background. And usually I suspect like those people uh, started into those timeline, right? Because there were really few resources online, actually, as you mentioned, uh, the term was uh, what's pretty new. So that's that's actually a, a good question. Like, so, like you, you basically learn on the job. Like, what what was yeah. the resource back then for you to oh. to upskill? Yeah, it was it was actually a lot harder than it is now for sure. There's just like not as many online resources, uh, or maybe I was just dumb and I couldn't find them. That's definitely a possibility. Uh, but for me, I was lucky because I was still in college. So like, for instance, we did actually have, it was the first semester they had ever, no, the second semester they'd ever taught it, an intro to data science course that I took while I was in school. Um, I took a statistics class for engineers. So that was another class inside of school. So I was lucky to have the university around where I could still take some related classes. But outside of school, it was, uh, I man, I hit the library so hard. I'd go to the library and I just get these huge textbooks, um, <laughs> specifically data science for like chemists and chemical engineers, because that's like a very niche yeah. uh, content. And I would just read those and it was super boring, but I learned I learned a lot of stuff from those books. Okay, you had the library, right? One site. 
And so what, what was online at, at, at that time? What were the, the resources? That's, that's a good question. I don't even, oh, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I was on LinkedIn a little bit, definitely not as much as I was today. Um, but uh, Ben Taylor, another, yeah. you know, uh, LinkedIn content creator and, you know, former executive uh, at Data Robot, uh, he actually went to my school for a PhD. So he, he, he attended the University of Utah in, in chemical engineering. So okay. I was like, but, but he was working, he was, I think at the time he was starting his company uh, uh, that he ended up selling to Data Robot. And I was like, wow, if, if Ben can do it, I could do it. So I used to like, even like, you know, when I was in college, I, I DM Ben and he was gracious enough to give me some advice. So I think I was looking maybe like more at some people that had similar paths than me. There was another guy that worked at ExxonMobil um, that was a chemical engineer, but that was working in data. And I was like, oh, how did you, I, I was kind of learning from them and what career paths they had. I honestly don't remember doing that much stuff online, if I'm perfectly honest. I guess the the things I did do would be like uh, the um, uh, the like uh, Stanford machine learning classes with mm -hmm. uh, Andrew. I don't want to say his last name, yeah. uh, but like he he has he's very famous, right? <laughs> yeah, I'd watch all those. Um, that's probably like the one online resource that I use. I watch. I used to like listen to those on my walks to school. Um, so kind of funny because those videos are really old now. So it's pretty cool because you're doing like, like you did what a lot of like students are now doing on LinkedIn, right? It's like reaching out to ask for for advice. But that was pretty early and you had the opportunity to find actually someone which was close to you in person, I mean, right? So that's... Uh, yeah, exactly. So probably easier. Nice. So you, you have now put some resource online. What what puts you to actually actually do that? Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, I think it was just like, so uh, I, I, got a, I ended up getting a master's degree uh, while... I worked um, in in data analytics, and it was it was a mixed bag experience in getting my master's. I got it online from Georgia Tech, and there's some really good things about the program, and there's some things that I didn't like as much. Um, and so I thought I was like, you know what, like I I could maybe you know have a few courses that to learn data science the way that I would have liked it. Um, and so I started with, I think I just started with a like uh like almost like a workshop it was like a week-long workshop it was i think it was two hours a night which in mm -hmm. hindsight that was a lot for yeah. the people uh that that joined but i gave like a crash course on all things like data science um to maybe like 20 people um and that was like the first course i ever ran um and then i started uh teaming up with kate strachney who's another linkedin content creator i built two courses for her academy I was like, hey, this is kind of fun. I'm kind of into this. And so I started building uh, my own courses. And But I guess at this point, I had been posting on LinkedIn for a year. And I kind of forget that that counts as content. So that's probably where I actually started, was was actually with LinkedIn and, and creating content there. We touched on a bit about the university. But if we come back, I mean, before, but now, um, what do you think about the challenge of learning online? Um, versus and what's the pro and cons versus like the, the standard path at university because now there, there is some degree right uh, dedicated to data science even I think data engineers some universities started so yeah what, what's what's your take on that I think um, obviously there's a lot of pros to learning online it's typically cheaper um, you can typically do it on your own schedule you know you're not location bound 
stuff like that. There's definitely challenges for sure. Um, some of them being like engagement. It's just easier like to be engaged when you're in a room of other people and the person who's teaching is in front of you. It's a lot harder to, to stay dedicated online. It's like a lot more of a commitment to stay motivated. Staying motivated is probably the, the biggest thing um, that, that I've seen. So that, that's one thing is like you have to stay committed, stay motivated. The other thing is, and this is this is one of my gripes I have with like university programs. Uh, and I mean, maybe not university programs, but let's just say large, large coding programs. Let's just put it that way. Is a lot of them are auto graded exercises, which which can be really good. Like they, I mean, it's it's nice to get immediate feedback. It's nice to know you know whether you're doing it right or wrong. But it's also not real life. Like there's no one in real life that's ever going to say that's ever going to give you an auto-gradable work assignment, at least from my experience. And so it's not always the most realistic, but I mean, neither is traditional education. Like even as a chemical engineer, like I was doing the dumbest things by hand that like software just does. So maybe that's not the biggest, the biggest con or that different than traditional education. Um, but the hardest thing is probably the community and staying motivated. Yeah. And so I, I've seen, I, I tried myself some of the cohorts, you know, where you get into a virtual class. I did that actually for music, not for data. Oh, it was yeah. quite fun online. Um, nice experience. Like you share your, you know, your, your work assignments and you have a place to discuss. Uh, what do you think about those, about those? Have you experimented one of them? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm in a couple online courses. I would say mostly like for for business and, and marketing and stuff like that. Um, I do like the cohort based a little bit more because it does have like everyone in the same boat at the same time type type vibes. Um, and you know, uh, one thing that's been successful and part of my community is I, I have a challenge called 21 Days to Data. It's basically like a 21 day introductory to data analytics, um, and it's cohort based. So it starts you know, at the beginning of the month and pretty much ends towards the end. And everyone's posting on part as part of the course, you're, you're, you're posting online with like a certain hashtag. And that does breed a lot of community. I think people, it's, it's funny because people don't want to post on LinkedIn. They feel uncomfortable. Um, but after doing this, they really like find their community and a, and a group of people that like enjoy what they're seeing. And so I think there are ways to, to augment the, um, the in-person community uh, experience. So like, for instance, With with my uh, with my other course that I do, it's it's not cohort based, um, so you can you know join at any time. But like what I've been using is this like cool app. I don't I don't know if they have this in, in Germany or anything like that. Uh, it's called it's called Volley. It's kind of like Marco Polo, but it's okay. like asynchronous meetings. So it's I do a lot of video in there, but it's like you send the video message and then I reply with the video message. And so that way you know it's not like we're we're talking face to face, but it's probably the closest thing we have in this day and age to to having a, I guess, other than Zoom. Zoom like this is like face-to-face, -face, but it's basically asynchronous Zoom. And so there, there are ways you can augment that experience, um, but it is it is hard to recreate that. Yeah. Um, but still, I think it's uh, I, the, there is a lot of room for improvement, right? We're, it's still yeah. early. Uh, I believe like the experience will, will get better. Something I, I experiment that's like I really love compared to university is that um, I did like an online a uh, paid degree, I think it was a uh, nano degree um, and at Udacity. And I was mm -hmm. really impressed that I put like my projects 
And because of the, of the time difference with the US, like I put it in the evening and you know, it's the day on the other side, mm. literally eight hours after I have a complete review on my project, right? Like almost line by line. And that never happened to me at the university because you know, it's, it's, it's too big. There is less interaction. Yeah. Um, and I feel that, uh, there is a lot of stuff that you can automate and maybe, yeah, uh, I would say offshore on the work of reviewing, maybe, uh, that could happen. I don't know if you have any idea on that, like to get, like, you were talking about like uh, video, but like feedback on on people how do you say how do you scale that actually because what's the size of the of the community i guess for the moment you you can do it yourself right but like how do you see yeah. that challenge evolving it, that is the scaling is is an issue with education in, in general and and you know different organizations have a different approach so for example um i help teach the data engineering certificate at mit and they have they have me grade some assignments You know, they have a team in India grade some assignments and they have some auto gradable assignments. So they their way of scaling is kind of, you know, multi pronged where they have different people grading different things based off of, you know, what's going on um, in my program. You know, it's it's not huge. So I, I do most of it myself, um, but it is really hard because, you know, I would love to sit down and have like an hour Zoom and like review, you know, every single line of someone's code. But I can't do that for like 200 people, right? And so it's it's a matter of trying to to scale that the, the best I can, and and it's it's definitely difficult. It's it's difficult because also like for instance, even with like universities, like uh, at least when I was getting a chemical engineering degree, your your professor is not grading your homework assignments. That's like a TA, right? And so yeah. whenever you're trying to scale education, it's difficult to have like the the leader or like the 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 lecturer doing all of the all the tasks it's a hard scale problem for sure you put like recently on your youtube channel i want to come back on that uh 30 projects in 30 days yeah was this a cohort or, <laughs> or yeah. did you did you how did you manage to to do it can you tell us a bit more about the story and and, and why did you do that in, in the first place because that seems like a crazy challenge yeah for sure it was Um, so I, I personally believe that like the secret to breaking into the data field is having a good portfolio with, with good projects. Um, because it's like the evidence that you can do what you say, what your resume says you can do. That's like tangible evidence. You know, I, lo I love the idea of having a project that like is really relevant to a company and it's like, wow, this person can actually help us. Like let's hire them. Um, so I, I'm a big believer in, in projects and portfolios. And I try to base all of my content, um, you know, based on that kind of premise that this is the secret to breaking into the fields. And in order, if you want to break into the fields, the best way you need to have projects in a portfolio. Um, and so I was like, how can I motivate people slash inspire people slash train people in a way to like get this message to, to the masses. Um, and I, I admittedly, since this is like a creator podcast, I was really inspired by uh, Ryan Trahan's Uh, 30-day penny series. I don't know if you mm -hmm. saw that. Yeah. But uh, for those who are listening, a YouTuber named Ryan Trahan went across America, starting with one penny um, from LA to North Carolina in, in 30 days. And it was like, it was such a fun daily series. I made it like part of my routine uh, to watch every day. And I was like, man, I want to do that. I was like, how do I do that? And so that was kind of my my attempt to do it in a way that, you know, I could, because I'm, 
I'm not a, a penny guy, I guess, but I'm a, I'm a data guy. So it was basically some like absurd challenge that was like, if I can do 30 data science projects in 30 days, you can do one data science project in 30 days. That was kind of my thought process. Um, and it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Uh, why not actually put like 30 projects in, in 60 days? Like wh why specifically one day, one project? I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I guess I wanted it to be dramatic. Um, it, in like, in like hindsight, it probably would have been better to, to space it out. But, but now like, I feel like I've done something that like, honestly, like no other data scientist has ever done before. And I mean, feel free for anyone to like build 30 projects in one day. Like that'd be dope too. Um, but like, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just like, it felt like a really interesting challenge that like hadn't been done before. Um, it was definitely really hard. And I, I think if I would have spaced it out across more time, uh, I could have marketed it a little bit more because I was, and, and keep in mind that like, I also do consulting. And so like, it, it wasn't like it, my full-time job was making YouTube videos. It was like, I had to like find time to, you know, coach my, coach my students, do my consulting and then do the YouTube. Um, so it was, it was a big time commitment. So I wish I would have marketed it a little bit better than I did. And, uh, and I think some of the projects were, were a little bit rushed. I mean, literally I had to do it in like a couple hours sometimes. Uh, but that, I think there's a lesson in there because sometimes in life, like we're too big of perfectionists and we're waiting for, you know, the perfect project, we're waiting for the perfect video. We're trying to like be perfect. And sometimes you just got to get out there and, and publish what you got. And that's, that's actually better than perfection. Yeah. I think. I think time pressure, like giving you a time window is definitely yeah. helping, especially for yeah. a side project, right? There is yeah, no, exactly. no manager that's coming out or, you know, at the next of the sprints, like, where are you, uh, how are you doing with that project? <laughs> no one sees getting really, you accountable. So I think it, it definitely helps to, to push things a bit like, it's like a 30 hackathons that you did like in 30 days, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is what it is like the results stand for themselves and it's good enough can you touch on a bit according to you what's the hottest topic in data science right now the hottest topic in data science right now you know it's so funny i don't think the hottest topic in data science is actually is actually in data science um i think i think data science kind of had its uh hottest girl in school like time like uh, a couple of years ago where like Everyone was talking about it. It was like the, the hottest thing. Everyone was stoked about it, like just machine learning, data science stuff in general. Um, now I think it's cooled off. I think there's still a lot of demand for data analysts and data scientists. Like I'm not saying that's gone away, but I think like the conversation has probably moved more to like ML ops. So if you can count, I guess that's part of data science. So like yeah. ML ops, like the idea of of you know training models quickly and keeping track of them and, and making sure that they're working correctly, um, but I'd almost consider MLOps to be part of data engineering. And I think data engineering is kind of having its moment right now, where where it's where it's the most important thing, and it's it's you know people are really excited about it. So I think the hottest thing in data science is either data engineering or, or MLOps. Yeah, it's it's interesting to to zoom out because I think like. In ML and like in, in deep learning project, there was like huge advancement, right? Uh, but there is still this barrier if we zooming out, like what's the problem? It's like putting those things in production, right? Making it uh, robust enough 
Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, and maybe that's like a bit on the neighbor on machine learning, um, so MLOps and all those things. Yeah, totally agree. So uh, closing uh, slowly. What's what's next for you? What's next for me? Yeah, maybe thirty projects in one day. That, that was just an idea <laughs> that came on this podcast. But you, you don't, you're aware that there is only twenty four hours in a day, right? <laughs> so that's true. That I won't do that one for a, a little while, I guess. Um, but that would be fun. I mean, it would be fun to try to do as many projects as I could in twenty four hours. Um, but I need to I need to settle down and, and chill for a little bit. Um, so yeah, right now it's uh, it's mostly focusing on uh, you know delivering good uh, consulting to my my biggest consulting client right now, uh, focusing on um, focusing on just doing my job at MIT, and then really spending a lot of time with my my current students inside of my course, um, just because I want them to get really good data jobs. So I'm spending a lot of time right now just kind of revamped the coaching aspect of my course to the point where I'm doing like personal resume reviews, personal LinkedIn reviews, personal project reviews, personal portfolio reviews. So that's taking a, a big chunk of my time. Um, but in terms of like content moving forward, uh, for, for everyone who's listening, I was actually, I was very inconsistent on YouTube. Um, I'd in the beginning of this year, I was like, I want to make YouTube a goal. So I was posting every week. I probably did that for like two months, but I didn't really find my content style. That I was really interested in. Um, then I really hadn't posted on YouTube for a couple months before I did this challenge. So uh, did a lot of I did more YouTube videos, you know, in a month than I probably had done combined before that. So that's like a, a whole new avenue that I, I definitely nice. want to be more consistent. Maybe a video every every month or video every other week, something like that. I still haven't found my my content schedule yet, but kind of the same old, just making good LinkedIn content every day. Um, and then branching out more to to YouTube because I've become addicted to YouTube over the last like six months. Like before I used it as like a resource. Now yeah. I use it as like my resource and my entertainment. So <laughs> I'm very addicted to the platform and, and love seeing awesome YouTubers like you create really polished content really inspires me. Thanks. No, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling exactly the same challenge, <laughs> like finding the, you know, the right schedule, your voice uh, takes time. Uh, there is so much things to do, but uh, you have definitely uh, more uh, flexibility to express yourself, right? You've been putting us some thumbnails for your for your challenge, right? Yeah, uh, I true. love them. So I, no, I think it's it's nice. There is uh, more space to to express yourself than than LinkedIn. So where where can you find uh, find you? Can you you can do any shameless plug? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Shameless plug time. Uh, guys, don't hit pause. Don't hit skip. Uh, just kidding. You can find me on YouTube, Avery Smith, uh, on YouTube. You can find me on LinkedIn, Avery Smith on, on, on LinkedIn. And then you can check out my website. If you're, you know, trying to break into data science and analytics, datacareerjumpstart.com. have lots of free resources, free community, free roadmap, free podcast, stuff like that. Um, and then some awesome, uh, pr premier products as well. Cool. Uh, I'll put all the links uh, in the description, so feel free to check out. Every thanks again uh, for joining the podcast. It was really awesome to talk with you about uh, teaching and learning, uh, and I wish you the best, and I guess see you around on YouTube then. Yeah, hopefully. Let's do a collab sometime. That'd be awesome. <laughs>